Are you guys ready up there? Alright. Alright, quiet on the set. Everybody. Welcome to another episode of Adventures in Movies. My name is Nathaniel Muir, and I am the movie editor at AIPT. Joining me on these ongoing adventures is the man who counts his chickens before lightning strikes twice. That's me, and that's Thunder. I think that's what I said last time. <laughs> I am I am Danny. <laughs> uh, also joining us this week is a very special guest. He is an author. He's a podcaster. He's a brewmaster. And he is an accomplished pervert. <laughs> My most proud achievement. <laughs> Blake Heath, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks. What do I call you? Do I call you Nathan? <laughs> do I have to have to you call, call me you? Nathan, Pat, Patrick, okay. Nathaniel. Uh, what yeah, whatever you're cool with. Um, and, and I didn't mention, Blake is actually a huge horror fan. Uh, later on, uh, we're going to have an interview with uh, Lucky McKee, a very renowned horror director. We're going to play that here on the show. So Blake is a huge fan and just a fan of horror in general. So we thought he we would invite him along. Thanks. Yes. Thanks for having me, guys. Yes. Yes. You're very welcome. Very welcome. <sighs> Trip down memory lane. We, we were uh, a podcast before about horror movies, uh, and it would get a little perverted. Mostly, unfortunately. <laughs> I think every episode had something bad. <laughs> but it was a lot of fun, wasn't it? It was. We'll keep... No, it was. Oh, it was. Yeah, it was a hell of a lot of fun, actually. That's a four eyed horror. Was... Yeah, four eyed horror yeah. is what we called that sucker. Yeah, just uh, check it out. It's on It's on iTunes. You could definitely check that out. Yeah, there's still episodes up. So, first news of the week. Uh, just get this one out of the week. This is a huge shock. Avengers is breaking all sorts of box office records. What? Uh, I know. How weird is that? Uh, what's that? Weird. Last I saw was like 1.2 billion, I think. That was on Monday that I saw that. <laughs> is that right? 1.2 billion? Yeah. Uh, when, did that it, was... when, did, when did it come out? Thursday? Friday? <laughs> it's, been, it's, it's a week now. Today is Thursday as we record this. It's been one week so exactly. So it's been a week. Wow. Wow. Uh, Take that, Star uh, Wars. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, unless, unless you're Chinese, because in China it came out like two days before. Um, what? Yeah, I don't understand why they do that. Someone told me something to do with piracy, but yeah, it seems like that would increase piracy, no? Um, I don't know. It's, China has a big uh, problem with piracy, so they're leaking the movie, or not leaking, I'm sorry, they're showing the movie before there's any chance of leakage, I guess. That doesn't sound <laughs> For right. them. For, yeah, yeah, my wording was really bad. So, it's the depends strategy. <laughs> yes. Yes. Well, I mean, yeah, they eat nothing but Chinese food. So, I mean, <laughs> it runs right through you in 30 minutes. So imagine for a three hour movie, how often there's going to be leakage. The movie's only 30 minutes over there, though. That's the weird thing. It's like, because <laughs> everything is cut off. Like, you know, you can't show like any space stuff. Right. You can't show anything about Captain America. Hulks. Uh, they have a strict ban on Hulks, I think. Yeah, I don't yeah, think yeah. you can show any Hulk. <laughs> but only is... they could 
They could only show Bruce Banner, though. That's it. Yeah, just Bruce. <laughs> <laughs> that explains the piracy problem there, because all movies are cut to 30 minutes, so they have to leak the other two and a half hours. <laughs> exactly. exactly. On, on a more serious note, um, this week there were a couple of uh, pretty big deaths in Hollywood. One of them just today. Um, earlier this week, uh, John Singleton, the director, passed away. Um, I hope this doesn't sound disrespectful, but uh, his movies... Uh, Boys in the Hood was his first movie, I believe. First major picture. First, yeah. And I th- I'm i of the feeling that his career kind of went downhill from there. I mean, poetic justice, higher learning. Uh, man, that was like appetite for destruction, right? He was 24 years old, I think, when he yeah. did that movie. And yeah. uh, kind of, I mean, <laughs> how do you how do you top that one, man? That's a great flick. You know, it's really By great. doing a Too Fast, Too Furious. <laughs> uh, that's a sad deal, man. He was like on a plane. I think he had like a blood clot situation. Like, it's a it's a sad story. It really is. Yeah, I, so go I'll on. Go I'm sorry. Oh, I was just gonna This is this is the kind of professionalism we developed on Fortnite. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, go ahead, go Pat. <laughs> oh man, I was waiting for you to talk, and I was just gonna go. <laughs> no, I was gonna say that I saw during the afternoon that um. He was having a a medical, I think he had had a stroke or a severe medical condition. He was in the hospital, but I think his daughter said that things were going to be all right. And then maybe like an hour and a half, two hours later, I saw that he had, I had read that he uh, passed away. Ah, Sucks. Really sucks. Yeah. And young too. Very young man. 50 uh, 50 something, right? I mean, just really, really unfortunate. Yeah, it's it really catches you off guard when you see things like that. Um, And then today, Peter Mayhew, um, Chewbacca just and just he was at star wars celebration just two weeks ago right yeah yeah Uh, it's very weird he was here in el paso two years ago i believe for frankencon i was uh well i don't think i saw him at that or maybe i did uh i did see him here at a convention and uh seemed like a really sweet guy you know just a really nice guy yeah yeah he uh He seems to really uh, see uh, from the from the times that he's been here to the Little Paso Comic Con stuff. Yeah, just a tall, gentle giant, and uh, I think he will be missed. You know, <laughs> you know. <laughs> I, I think so too, Danny. I, I, I agree with you, Danny. Um, we won't get too much into this, but Chewbacca, fan favorite character. Uh, what's your guys' favorite Chewbacca moment? Ooh, that's a good question, Pat. Um, boy, <clears throat> I I got one actually. Okay. Uh, sorry, it was in Return of the Jedi, and it's where he has uh, he's constructing or he's rebuilding three three uh, PO. Like you know, like three PO is like just being a sassy. Oh yeah, as always. Sure, yeah. He got and, blasted. Like, he's in parts. He's, yeah, yeah. I fucking like just that whole thing that he's trying to fix him. It's a really yeah, just... Chewbacca and C3PO would be like a good buddy cop movie. Like I would really enjoy that. And that's no joke. Yeah, they, they totally. I, yeah, I mean that's your Danny. That's a good one. Um, I would have to say mine would probably. I mean, you got to go with the he ripped the guy's arm off in a bar because he because he yeah. <laughs> that's Luke, right? I mean, that's pretty good. Yeah, that, that's brute, awesome. Brute forced the guy's arm off. I mean, that's pretty good. I, I also like the um, from the first one with the the hologram chess game. The whole uh, I'd let the Wookiee win. I I, <laughs> I really like that. All I right, really. Guys. All right, guys, do your do do your Chewbacca impressions. 
<laughs> oh, who's gonna? I'm horrible. Got a guy. Everyone's got one. Oh, I, mine's, I, mine's so terrible. I blame mine on the microphone. <laughs> there. <laughs> I was just joking. No one's got a good one. There's like oh, three people. Great. Afterwards, got good ones. Yes. <laughs> saved. I jumped in the deep end. Damn it. <laughs> on uh, on the lighter side, which I believe is a Mad Magazine column, <laughs> um, Sonic the Hedgehog this week it came out with uh, its I want to say its first trailer. I mean I, I don't know nowadays with Danny yeah, and I were talking about teasers. That trailer trailers. that thing was like three or four minutes long. It was like ugh. that's exactly what I was telling Danny that I base teaser or trailer on length. <laughs> yeah. Kind of like how, what I base my men on. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so I saw the trailer after I had heard people, I saw the memes about his teeth and people were talking about how awful the trailer was and Jim Carrey chewing up the scenery. Saw the trailer doesn't look like a good movie, but I wasn't impressed with how bad it was to be honest with you. Oh, I don't know, man. To be quite frank, I, uh, that was like one of those things where I was, as I was watching it it kept getting like worse to me (laughs) (laughs) and by the end well and then let's i mean let's talk about the music choice gangster oh that was awesome oh i thought it was plays through the entire thing (laughs) and um i don't know uh ben ben schwartz is the voice right he i mean i've heard people i mean he's just doing his own voice uh i don't know i don't know dude like that really seemed awful awful like uh pixels level awful like a really bad movie a bad movie so like with this movie it was sonic with uh, i think the first teaser poster when it came out it showed like he had like these calves of like of a of a man like you know Usain Bolt's. <laughs> and so people were like freaking out and i feel I, I still haven't seen the trailer and i feel like i shouldn't but you should man no you have to <laughs> Yeah, yeah, at this point, you might as well because yeah. they're gonna. I guess they're gonna redesign the character, right? Well, Is that what's? what's... Yeah, oh. so they're gonna, yeah, they're gonna. Re- it just came out today. Kotaku reported that they are that the director, you know, got it, got understood what was happening, and that they're gonna completely <laughs> rework <laughs> Sonic. Well, what's <laughs> well, the trailer was trending, but not for the right reasons. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> And, and you know what's funny is that on the opposite spectrum with a Nintendo, you know, you have Pokemon uh, Detective Pikachu, where you know these things look actually adorable compared to like Sonic, who looks like you know monstrosity. I've seen I've seen the stills now. He's well, a, I, the this current twenty nineteen Sonic is a mon- is a monster. Well, I mean, I also I heard uh, I think it was either Waypoint or. Giant Bomb or Giant Beastcast or, or Giant Giant Bomb. I don't know. One of these video game podcasts. Um, they brought up a really good point, and it was like, who who are they selling this movie to? Because I guess our our generation, you know, guys our age, that's kind of who played Sonic growing up. And um, but the movie itself kind of looks like it's for kids, and like nobody knows what Sonic is anymore. Like the cartoon hasn't been on in twenty years, so it's like well, I don't I don't well, understand what's happening. <laughs> And that's the thing, like I, what or Pablo, uh, we were having this conversation too, and he and you, oh him, the same, yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> love, you, and I think you, you were part of that. You, you, I think you also had that. I think you guys said the same thing. Nobody knows Sonic anymore, but the thing is yeah. that they couldn't. There's Sonic games coming out like every other year or so, but and are there they is selling like are they're like Sonic Racing. I know is like kind of popular, but like 
uh, Sonic Mania that came out a couple of years Sonic back is, still, is probably one of the more selling bestseller well, games out there. What was I, the one that came out on the Switch that was like kind that, of like a redo? Is that it? Yeah, that's it. And that's okay. the whole thing. That's where it hits us because it's like this whole like nostalgia thing. Yeah. But the but there was I think before Sonic Mania there was this a tie-in video game cartoon thing called Sonic Boom. And if you haven't seen that, I mean, if you think Sonic 2019 looks pretty hideous, you should see Knuckles 2015 because that dude <laughs> is... Well, Knuckles has never looked good, let's say. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's... that's Knuckles not, is not a good, not... cool character. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I don't know if, if it's... You're right. I don't... Who is it? Who's the marketing here for? But it, it it's like the Ninja Turtles thing all over again. Like, you know, Michael Bay's Ninja Turtles, it, yeah. there was this weird thing... At least this time, somebody actually did listen, and there was, you know, rearranging of, of characters. Yeah, but <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, that Ninja Turtles. You know, I only ever saw the second one, um, and like oh. that could have been any movie, man. That could have been any characters. Like the, the almost had no relevance to anything. Like <clears throat> that was just an action movie. You know, it's like and they just shoehorned turtles into it. It was weird. It was a weird experience. <laughs> it was it was really fucking terrible. I yeah, it's bad. I, I think I stopped watching that too. <laughs> I haven't seen the second one. I've seen the first one. And and we're talking about like ages and generations. Uh, yeah. You and I, Danny, have talked about how I've told you how like I'm not into Pokemon. And I th- I really think it's because I'm a little bit older. I just miss that generation. And this, that, that and uh, Power Rangers. But yeah. Sonic kind of falls in my wheelhouse. Like that's when Genesis came out and it was actually overtaking Nintendo. So you would think I would be excited by the movie. But yeah, they've... If I would have been excited for the movie, they really dropped the ball on it. <laughs> you know, and I have to say, I think like I think Reddit has <laughs> influenced my cynicism in a large way these days. <laughs> and it's like ever since the first like image of this thing came out, nothing but negativity. Like oh, literally yeah. nothing but right. negativity. So I feel like I'm a little bit influenced by that and I'm probably falling in line with like a bunch of trolls, but um I don't know, man. It doesn't. It doesn't look good. It, it seems, and if they actually are like redoing character design and stuff like this late in the game, man, you can't imagine that being any good at all. Oh yeah, it's it's do. And the funny thing is, like, New Mutants has been having a lot of problems, but people are still excited to see it. Uh, I don't think that same thing is going to be uh, same case for uh, Sonic. Right. Yeah. No. Absolutely. Absolutely not. Absolutely. So where's Wario? Damn it. I know. All right. So um, this uh, past week, this isn't going to sound like a repeat because I've been saying the same thing for the past three weeks. Um, I watched another episode of Veep. There's only two episodes left now. And this last episode is uh, one of the most, if not the most emotional of the entire run, the past uh, eight years. Um, And same thing. If you haven't been watching the series, it'll totally be lost on a a new new viewer, which kind of sucks because it's a really important part. You're going to say a new pervert? (laughs) <laughs> I knew her. Actually, there now. Um, and then I saw the last drive-in. Um, I'm a huge fan of Joe Bob Briggs. Uh, last drive-in on Shutter. This week they showed a movie called Demon Wind. Have you seen that one, Blake? I did. I actually went to a screening that those guys do at the Draft House with that crazy movie. And oh, wow, I mean, just pretty incredible, Ooh. right? <laughs> Kung Fu Magician was amazing. <laughs> that was one of oh. the. One of the best entrances I've seen of any movie ever. <laughs> was Truthfully, awesome. I can't even begin to even describe that movie. It's so low budget and just like, but don't. This is something that I can say about that movie. 
it, it doesn't it look like it was like a lot of fun to make? <laughs> like, doesn't it look like those guys had like a really great time making that horrible film? The best thing I can say about the movie, because yeah, Kung Fu Magician, weird demon. I I didn't. I don't even. It doesn't know if make I, sense, really. Yeah, really. I don't know if I quite understood what was going on, but I give. I don't remember the director's name, but he gets so much credit for making that movie look so fun and so <laughs> yeah. great. <laughs> yeah, and you could tell it was like a weekend. Like they did the entire thing in a weekend. Some of that stuff is like obviously one take. You know, it was. It's. It's something else. I actually didn't get to see it on the the last drive-in though, but I have. I mean, I've been really enjoying that. I, I used to. I grew up watching Monster Vision. Monster Vision, you yeah. know, and like some of my fondest memories growing up are with my brother and my buddy Justin, and we were, you know, we we'd get together, we'd order Flix pizza from the place down the street, <laughs> and we would watch Monster Vision. And Joe Bob was, you know, I, I'm so glad he's back. It's so good. He's yeah, he's amazing. Breaking the internet and uh, Darcy the male girl being thrown into Twitter jail every single week somehow. Isn't that it's, amazing? <laughs> the other movie they showed, uh, opposite end of the spectrum because it's a uh, kind of artsy, much more serious, but uh, I'd say equally good. Uh, from Ty West, uh, that one was made in the early no, like two thousand eight, I want to say, but it's an it's a throwback. Uh, it's it looks it's kind of like a grindhouse looking flick. But, uh, that one was a it's a really it's a genuinely good movie. Normally he shows these drive-in exploitation movies, but that one was really, really good. Yeah, that's like high cinema. That's like the highest cinema I think uh, drive-in has ever had uh, in any way, shape, or form. <laughs> yeah, this, it, yeah, it, it actually, and he was gushing over the writing of that movie, which is, yeah. and it is a well-written movie, very, very good movie. And then uh, the other movie well, the, I saw this week, the actual movie movie I saw this week was a Giallo. Um, so not from Arrow Video, surprisingly. Those are too filling for me. This, <laughs> this one actually was this one was very filling. Um, now I saw Knife Plus Heart. Uh, it was released this year, so it's a modern Giallo, which you don't get very often. Um, wow, yeah, yeah, because I think the last one was like Strange Color of Your Body's Tears, is like 2013 or something. I do but, not like that movie. I do not like that movie at all. It's funny because it's it's a giallo but really slow moving and like it's supposed to be thought provoking which is really <laughs> and think about what you just said a slow giallo like like <laughs> whoa that's like so, making it like really slow like slowing down yeah. the, like the whole genre itself <laughs> yeah exactly yeah it, it, it's a little full of itself but knife plus heart is actually uh it's very silly it's uh it's an homage to that genre but it uh actually put a review it's on the site it's on apt comics but it's so much of an homage that it borders on parody, but really? it doesn't actually make fun of it. It's it's just a love letter to to the genre, but really good, really worth watching. Uh, it has the blues and the reds and the crazy kills, and um, it has a lot of sex and a lot of violence in it. I mean, it's <laughs> it the music. Well, it's set in 1979, so but it looks like full it bush. Was, Is there full bush? <laughs> Wait, uh, you know what? It's one of the. It's one of those giallos that are heavy on the sex, but they tease you. They tease you. Honestly, that's yeah. the best kind. That's the yeah, best I kind. think so, too. I, I really enjoy that. But uh, That's all that I've seen this week. Uh, Danny, what do you got for us? Well, uh, I'm going to start off with the YouTube. I just had a very busy week this, uh, this week, so I haven't really had a chance to see a lot of things. I mean, at this point... Uh, I I know Blake hasn't seen it yet, but I've seen already Avengers three times. Um, You've seen it three times, and you didn't invite me one of those times. <laughs> you know, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Uh, what was with my 
One was with uh, one was for for the special edition that we did. Uh, the second time was with my girlfriend, just and the third it. time was with my family. And uh, if you want to go see it, I, I'm down to see it a fourth time. I didn't time. see it. I didn't see it. <laughs> I am so down to see it a fourth time. Uh, but uh, so besides all that, I, I'm getting ready to do other events and uh, procrastinating. So I go watch stupid things that i've seen already and uh but uh this week uh i actually stopped watching this for a while it's on youtube um it's kind of like a little docu-series of sorts it's a i'm a huge disney fan uh, who knew um but they have this thing uh this show is called defunct land and they have like an offshoot of called defunct tv and they essentially like take little uh things that were kind of popular and give you like a, a, a pretty much a, a narrative of how everything happened. And uh, they kind of got me with, uh, it's been 50, I think it's, no, I might be wrong on the, on the, on the years, but it's been a long time for Sesame Street, essentially. And they're celebrating that. And they started off with uh, Jim Henson, essentially. And the first Muppets, then it goes into the Muppet TV or Sesame Street, and now we go into Muppet, and they essentially leave you with a cliffhanger, which will happen to the '80s, which, which I think we get Fraggle Rock and obviously his death. Um, but it's a really good series, and it usually gets me because it does, gives it's more on the focuses on Disney stuff, so the theme parks, like the failures and the well, mostly the failures and then more than the wins. But uh, it's a really, really good show. Uh, it reminded it reminds me of Toy Galaxy, Pat, um, oh, which yeah, you recommend. Yeah. Yeah, which you recommend me. But they also it's just it's like a half hour show, uh, which is insane for like just to sit down and watch something like that on YouTube. Um, and the other thing um, that I've been that I did get to watch was Game of Thrones. I mean, is that still on? That's still on. It's we got we're two three episodes to go. Three. At, to, and uh man this 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 show it, it's i don't know like you you see the show too uh blake yeah i don't is there like more like uh like how do you call it like little like foreshadowing that you know like i, I don't want to give out too much like, just, you mean we, from the episodes that have aired or like that yeah, we're, yeah, yeah. that yeah. we're getting um well, I mean, it's honestly, I, it's this season hasn't gone quite as I expected it to. Um, it's been lots of uh, kind of like lots of wrap up, you know, and um, yeah. to the point where um, I mean, well, I'm not going to spoil anything, but we just had a, a one of the major events that we've been leading to this entire series happen, um, and now we're left with three episodes to go. So uh, it it's one of those things where you know <laughs> I. It, you, I don't feel like they've foreshadowing wise. And I don't feel like they've really given us anything. Yeah. You know, I, I feel like it's all been like the series could have ended on the last episode in a way, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, no. So I, I don't know what to expect. Um, I, with this show, I feel, well, this, this season, I'm sorry. I, I feel so much uncertainty. Like I know you, yeah. it's everything. So it's a, at the end of empire strikes back where <laughs> You get a happy ending, but essentially it's a oh, there's that's, so much. Don't you dare let yourself get happy, bro! Like that, that, that's, <laughs> that, that's, a, that's 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 like the a one to enjoying yeah. it. Yeah, is that like underlying? You have to know that they're all still dead somehow. Like oh I, yeah, you know what I mean? Like I, they, it's been too good. You know, we've gotten too almost too good. Uh, you know, we've lost some characters along the way so far, 
but um, overall, no, I, I think we have, you know, our biggest events yet to happen. And I, I couldn't tell you how they're going to play, play out. Uh, our friends <laughs> have obviously, we've been doing like a fun text thread uh, about it. And because there's so much to, to speculate on. Oh, Three yeah, episodes sure. to go. There's so much speculation still going on. It's really neat. Well, Regina was talking to me about it, and um, she told me what happened. And I was like, uh, kind of what you guys have mentioned. I was like, uh, well, that seems like a really cool ending. Uh, aren't there some episodes left? <laughs> <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> uh, here's a minor spoiler. Um, on the site right now, if you go to the site, AAPT, um, there's images for episode four for this uh so this week's episode so um i checked I, out earlier today as a matter of fact great website i would i would recommend it, I would recommend it. I, here's what i wouldn't recommend doing so i wrote an article this week about uh about avengers actually if you've seen that it like how it? uh about if you've seen it how what not to talk about was oh, basically okay. and one of the things i put was uh, be aware of your surroundings it's kind of joking around but i meant it so i was uh, someone else was talking to me about game of thrones and i wasn't paying attention to who was around me and i was like oh yeah um i heard that this and this happens and this person next to me was like i have this is on monday they were like what are you oh. doing i haven't seen it mm-hmm. i was like oh i'm i, I was I, I totally flubbed it i i, I felt really bad about this <laughs> well that's called a faux pas yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah it was a, a, a biblical proportion <laughs> Hey, but like, you know, there's there's a certain sentiment that's like, you know what, like, you kind of have to know that you're at risk. If you don't take the time to actually watch it, you know, um, you're at risk. Uh, don't get on the internet, you know, don't, you, there are certain things you need to do yourself to avoid spoilers, you know, and it doesn't always work. It definitely doesn't always work. Oh, yeah. yeah. For sure. For sure. So, Blake, you had, uh, you, you had something interesting down that you wanted to talk about, because uh, well, you. I'll let you talk about what you've seen this past week. <laughs> well, thanks. Um, well, I've actually, unfortunately, I, I have been slacking on the movie watching uh, as well. But um, something I have been doing a lot of um, is reading and doing audiobooks, and I've just been really ingesting a lot of stories. And it's been funny. I've been. I've kind of gone back to being uh, like 13, 14 years old, <laughs> and like so. I'm re- I'm reading uh, stuff that I haven't read since I was in junior high, basically. And one of the things that I that I uh, decided to pick up again was Dune, um, the Frank Herbert um, novel. And I actually read this one instead of uh, audiobooking it. Um, and then I actually, which is funny, I actually bought the audiobook later because they had really good reviews. Um, it's actually kind of, uh, this on Audible anyway, um, it's almost acted out. There's like 32 actors on the, on the audiobook. So oh, characters fuck. have their own actors. It's actually pretty neat. It's inconsistent with that. Sometimes you don't get characters being the acted portrayal that you got, you know, 20 hours ago, but it's still really good. Um, go ahead. Do you no, get no. Kyle MacLachlan? <laughs> <laughs> no, unfortunately you don't. Um, the guy who plays Moadib, uh, Paul Atreides, uh, he does a pretty good job. It's a young voice, um, which I thought was important to the story, you know, but um, this is a movie podcast. So uh, I did watch uh, after I, I kind of went down a rabbit hole, you know, I, you know, I just, I loved it. Uh, it's just a weird story. It's so interesting and different. And so I watched the uh, the eighty six, I believe. Got the page up right here. Eighty four, nineteen eighty four. Dune. Dune. Well, eighty five. Uh, I would have been right off also. Yeah. Um. I mean, so that movie came out when I was a little baby, a uh, year old, 
And uh, but David Lynch, um, I was gonna say one of Lynch's classics, you know, or, or not. <laughs> well, I was gonna ask you, Pat, you're a big David Lynch guy. Um, and this is not widely regarded as uh, one of his good movies, is it? I don't, I didn't think it, I didn't think no, it was. No, no, I've always heard not necessarily that it's a bad Lynch movie, but it's a bad movie in general, in general, yeah. And I've I watched it because one, I've always wanted to read uh, the Dune series, but I've told that it's so expansive and. The lore is so hard to follow that it's hard to keep up with everything. Sure, that's true. Uh, you're you're talking about a story that literally spans like thirty, forty thousand years. You know, yeah, so yeah. Um, yeah. it's insane. Uh, that said, go read Dune. Read the first one. Um, even if you don't read any others, um, which I, you know, I've I've since read the the the, the next two, which is Messiah and I think Children of Dune. But um, I would just, I I would have been perfectly satisfied with finishing with Dune and leaving the story where it was and never moving on past that. I highly recommend it. I really do. Um, it is a weird uh, universe. Uh, it's it's uh, it's sci-fi, obviously, but it's it's almost medieval in ways. There's like almost uh, magic and uh, magical realism kind of stuff going on. There's like telepathy. It's a very interesting world. Um, and getting back to the movie, you know, the uh, I actually thought, you know, that David Lynch did a pretty decent job of capturing the imagery of the the whole thing. Uh, it's a like again, I, I'm going to say the word weird a lot. Probably, it's it's strange. It's it, it's totally bizarre. Um, you're talking about shield personal shields that they wear, and in the movie, they're like these square blocky. They look like Lego people Which when they I, turn them. Yeah. I love that. I love yeah. that. I do too. You know, it's like, it's so weird. And then they're fighting with daggers. You know, it's, mm -hmm. there's a whole, that's what I mean. It's like this kind of medieval cross between, and uh, getting back to Game of Thrones, I think there's some definite influence that George Martin had from these, these, these Herbert books for sure. For sure. It, I think it's plain as day. And that's what I, I wanted to talk to you about too, because like, so Dune is like one of those movies that my dad made me watch when I was a kid. And <laughs> I, love, I always love your stories about your dad making you watch them. <laughs> And and uh, so I think I watched this movie when I was a kid, and then I watched it when the sci-fi series Children of Dune came out because I had you know nostalgia. And uh, and you said that you were going to watch it, and for the for, like I was like, and I've been I've been tiptoeing to watch this movie, and uh, today I put it on, and I, I was working and doing stuff, and I was like, you know what, I'm not paying attention to this, and it's I, it's to me myself. I think it's a very enjoyable film. Uh, it could be yeah. winded sometimes, but um, oh from... yeah, I, I completely agree, Danny. I I thought you know going into it, I hadn't watched it in years. You know, last time I saw it was probably on cable, like on TBS or something. Mm -hmm. um, TBS getting a lot of plugs today, by the way. <laughs> uh, uh, but uh, it's always something. I've always you know my brother is a huge Dune fan, and I've always just kind of it's always been in the periphery. Um, but I I hadn't you know read the book and then immediately watched the movie um, like I did recently. And uh, I, again, I, I agree with you. I thought it was pretty enjoyable. Uh, it's, it's the acting, you know, in parts is kind of wacky. Uh, Sting. Sting. Is, yeah. Sting <laughs> is absolutely hilarious in this movie. Like he literally cracks me up through the, every scene he shows up, it's like, you know, you expect him to start like slapping the bass, you know, it's like, you just, you want him, you want, you want like sexy tantric sting, like, and it's just he's weird. Uh, Baron Harkonnen, who's like the big fat floating around guy. Oh, he's the guy whose nipple gets ripped off, right? Yeah, yeah, the little girl. Well, she's yeah, she stabs, she stabs him with a with a poison ring or whatever it is. Yeah, but uh, and he, then he goes flying around like a like a pop balloon. But uh, 
which is which is terrible. It, that doesn't happen. It doesn't happen like that in the books, you know. And now I sound like one of those. Oh, if it was like in the books, but so that know, was those, total like Lynch. Then that was Lynch going like, you know, I I feel like this fat bastard would fly around the room if you poked him with a needle, you know. Like, <laughs> but in the book, he's kind of just a really fat guy who uses like a these this belt to like he basically hovers just like an inch or two off the ground. He still has to kind of walk on his tiptoes. Uh, but in the movie, he he flies around and stuff, kind of. Um, and he's real gross and wet, you know, he's like real damp, like the, like the, <laughs> the bad guys in the movie, like it's almost like Cronenberg, you know, um, where it's like, everything's like too wet. Like why, why is James Woods, Woods always wet? Like when you watch Videodrome, you know, it's like, it's like everything's damp. Like th- that, this movie kind of has that feel, um, which is another, like, I just think it's an eighties thing. I think people were like, you know what? Let's make them wet. You know? yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I feel like everybody was wet, sweaty because maybe they're all, everybody was like on cocaine or something. <laughs> they're just all sweating so much. They're like, I you blame, know what? It's just part of it. You know. I blame um, Olivia Newton-John and her whole "let's get physical" thing. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! But I will also thank Olivia Newton-John for these thighs. Thank you very much. <laughs> and uh, every time I hear about Dune, I'm talking about the new Dune now. They they are talking about a new amazing actor has been added to the cast. Oh man, it, yeah, it's like the greatest cast. cast in the world. And so, oh, man, I meant to pull that up. It's so it's uh, what's his name? Danny Villanueva. He's the the director. Uh, yeah, the um, the, the uh, Fifth Element. Yes. Uh, well, is that the guy who did the Fifth Element? Isn't no. it? No, I thought that was Lucas. No, something. it's it's uh, Dennis uh, Villanueva. He's the guy who directed uh, Blade, Blade Runner. Uh, Blade 20- Runner, yes, Blade Runner twenty four. That's right. Which that's right. I liked. You know, I actually I thought that movie was pretty good. Um, and I think I think I thought that captured that kind of weird eighties vibe aesthetic that you know Ridley Scott did. So I am I'm honestly really excited uh, about this. Uh, Jason uh, Momoa, isn't that his name? Uh, Oscar Isaac. Oscar Isaac. I mean, there's some Zendaya. Is that how you say her name? She's, yeah, yeah. She's yeah. in it. I mean, David Bautista. I mean, call me on. by your call me by your name, isn't it? Um, <laughs> <laughs> Timothy Chalamet. Oh, so Oscar Isaac's role had actually been kind of been up in the air. No, they didn't know, but he's actually playing Duke uh, Leto Atreides, who is um, our protagonist's oh. father. Who? That's an awesome portrayal. What? Leto Atreides is probably. My favorite character in the book. He's he's only in it. Uh, well, spoiler alert, people. Uh, <laughs> he's only in it for a little bit, but uh, he's a really great character. So that's a perfect casting. Javier Bardem is Stilgar. Stilgar is probably the biggest character other than Paul Atreides. You know, so I mean, there's some cool. And then Gern, uh, Gurney uh, Halleck is uh, Josh Brolin. Gurney Halleck is is another just crucial character to the thing. So I'm excited. Uh, I couldn't be more excited to be honest with you. I think it's gonna be great. I, and I, just I, when you thought you we couldn't get any nerdier, I know, <laughs> I know. I'm excited. That's what this. happens when you sit here reading off IMDb <laughs> while you do a podcast. Oh, <laughs> uh, anyway. So Dune, it, you know, uh, and I was talking to Pablo, uh, who you had on the show in the past, um, and uh, about Dune, and he's a pretty big Dune fan. And it, I will say this: I I think it's going to be very hard to capture um, this in a movie. Uh, it's a pretty epic story, and the first book could be a series. Like I think an HBO series in the in the vein of like Game of Thrones or Showtime or something like that would I think would be awesome for this. Um, but uh, I think this is a this is cool. I think, uh, and I know uh, I think his name is Robert Herbert, who is uh, Frank Herbert's son. We actually got to meet with, when I was in going to school in Lubbock, um, like 15, 20 years ago. I want to say fifteen years ago. 
um, nice guy, but he recently tweeted out um, that Dune was back in the top 100 New York Times bestseller list uh, recently. <laughs> and I just think that's cool. You know, I think that's really cool that I think that people are hyped up. You know, people are pretty hyped up about a story that they care about, which is neat. That's really cool. That's like a Pink Floyd's, um, but Dark Side of the Moon, it's been like the Billboard top like 100. 100 yeah. Yeah. For, for since it forever. came out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's that's really awesome. Yeah. Um, so last week was it last week? Two weeks ago, three weeks ago, a while back uh, <laughs> when uh, we were at the El Paso Comic Con, uh, I had the chance to interview Lucky McKee. Uh, if the name sounds familiar, it's because he's a horror director. He's done May most, uh, I would say most popular. Uh, he's done The Girl Next Door, not the one with Elijah Cuth- Cuthbert. <laughs> Uh, he did a movie called The Woods, and he was also one of the directors for Masters of Horror. Um, right now, uh, I will play that very interesting interview. Here with Lucky McKee. Thank you for this opportunity. Renowned horror director, <laughs> actor, and writer. Yeah. So, who are, who are some of your inspirations getting into the business? My inspirations getting, you know, obviously Toby Hooper. You know, who I, who I think made the best horror film of all time and the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. I don't think anybody's ever going to top that (laughs) for many reasons. Dario Gento, George Romero, in terms of horror guys, Wes Craven, obviously the Nightmare Elm Street movies made a deep, deep impression on me at a very young age. Right. The the way they, they they work in a subconscious sort of realm or working with dream logic and everything like that. That hit me in a great way, much more so than stuff like the Friday the 13th, like just kind of walk and stock slasher. So right. the movies weren't really my jam as much as the stuff that was more kind of like fairy tale and kind of like open mind, like psychological. It's always the stuff right. I kind of gravitated towards. So I really love Wes Craven's stuff for, for that reason. And then beyond that, I mean, you know, there's hundreds of filmmakers that have made a mark on me over the years. I think Martin Scorsese is the best filmmaker that's ever lived. Oh, and yeah. I don't think anybody has a body of work that can compare to what he's done or, or anybody has brought as much to the art as he has, you know. You know, and I like I like a lot of the guys everybody else likes. You know, I like Tarantino and, and, and I love Catherine Bigelow. I love Jane Campion. I love yeah. There's just too many, too, too many. many yeah, too many. I love Murnau. The Murnau films are amazing, actually. I, don't know, I mean, he's most famous for Nosferatu, but if you've right. seen his film Sunrise, it's jaw dropping. It's still really? ahead of its time. <laughs> it came out in 1927. And uh, yeah, there's just I, mean, I could I could talk for hours about. There are <laughs> a lot of good directors, but th- those are famous things for a reason too. They're inspirations for a reason. Yeah. You, know? you mentioned uh, Argento and then Texas Chainsaw Massacre, both of which have seen remakes. Have you seen those remakes? And what did you? I think saw the them? Texas Chainsaw. I've seen the new Texas Chainsaw Massacre movies, and they're not really my thing. The new remake of Suspiria is every bit as much a masterpiece as the original Suspiria. It, it blew my mind. It's just, it's like walking through a great museum, yeah. watching that movie, you know, it's just so beauty, so, so, so full of beauty. It's so beauty. That's, so that, beauty. that's the title of it. Yeah. <laughs> when a friend and I, we saw that movie, we saw it on the opening night, we saw Suspiria, and during the first, I guess, big scene, I don't know what happened, but the fire exit blew open. Oh, really? Wow. <laughs> it was like they planned it. Oh, it was amazing. That's fantastic. <laughs> it was perfect timing. It was great. That first dance sequence in that is just... Incredible. It's awesome. The yeah, first it's one. Like, it's like if Bob Fosse made a horror movie. And like all that jazz. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, funny. Yeah, I love that. You know, a lot of people are now they're starting to talk about like the best horror movies of the decade because this decade's coming to a close. Right. What I find interesting is that three of the best, most innovative horror movies of the last ten years have been uh, remakes. I think the Evil Dead remake just 
on a pure craft level, like what he's doing with the camera and the editing and sound design is like next level stuff. Like it is incredible. Right. And the script is almost secondary to how amazing just the atmosphere and and the film, you know, the filmmaking is just top notch. Yeah. As as good as it gets. I feel the same way about it. Really? I think it is really amazing. I didn't like it the first time I watched it because it was like super overhyped, but I've watched it a couple times since and I'm just like, wow, this is like a beautifully crafted film. And this is very remake. It's like one of my favorite horror movies I've seen in a long time. Suspiria is really good. And it the is scariest really horror movie I've seen in a long time, though, is the Michael Jackson documentary on HBO. That's the scariest movie <laughs> I've seen in like years. That is some pretty. It gave me nightmares. It is some pretty. Especially crazy. being, you know, having, you know, being a father now and having a son. That's some scary shit. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. terrible. So this is an era of remakes, and you mentioned the last decade that some of the best movies have been remakes of the best horror movies. If you could remake a, a horror movie, what would it be? Let me think about it for a little while and come back to it. All right, we'll get back to it. So last year, you were finishing up a movie at uh, December the Alamo. You still had time to introduce the movies. Well, yeah, we, we were we were in prep. While we were, we were preparing the movie, I was in Austin prepping that movie. Right. When the Draft House thing went down, so I had to Skype in, which was really cool to help come up with that program. You know? Yeah. One of my movies play alongside some of those movies was, was kind of like a boy sort of dream because there was a Toby Hooper movie. It started with Toby Hooper. Yeah. Life, yeah. yeah. Which is every bit as scary. I don't know, almost, almost just as scary as Texas Chainsaw Massacre, but for totally different reasons. Right. Because there's a very synthetic feeling and all this like candy colored light. That's a really scary movie. It is. Uh, yeah. Texas Chainsaw Massacre, a little more gritty and grainy. Yeah. This one on a soundstage. Even the life's mean, too. There's a meanness about that movie that, that's really scary, but you know, it's reflecting a certain type of person. And Deep Red and uh, we showed a childhood favorite, The New Kid by Sean Cunningham. It's like a very 80s horror movie with a spectacular cast. Yeah, James Spader yeah, doing his Spader pretty and role. And and Laurie Laughlin. Laurie Laughlin pre-bribery. Yeah, well. Was yeah, she's living her own horror movie now, isn't she? <laughs> sure is. I love how shocked everybody is that rich people like 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 use their influence and money to get their kids in college. It's like everybody's <laughs> acting like this is such shocking news. And I also love how the schools are like, Oh, we didn't know that was going on. It's like, you know what? Go fuck yourself. Like this is, it's been pretty obvious forever. She seemed like one of the nice gazillionaires. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it started with Toby Hooper and you were the feature. May was the feature movie. Very endearing movie. I've asked around. Every, I, it's kind of embarrassing. I'd never heard of it, but everybody I told I about it's it. It's been a while. It came out like 17 years ago. Well, people love that movie. Like, What makes it so endearing? As far as I can tell, the reason people remember that movie so much is that they identify with it. They identify with her character. Chief reason being maybe because everybody's been lonely. You know, that movie's right. about loneliness. You know, that's why I still watch Taxi Driver over and over again all these years later. Right. Taxi Driver was a big inspiration from that movie. You know? that idea of like someone being kind of like lonely and socially awkward and yeah. I, think, I think a lot of a lot of people that go to comic conventions could probably relate to <laughs> relate to feeling that way in the world True. you know and you know people that are into the kind of stuff that we're in like quote nerdy things or, 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 or things that are off the beaten path and maybe not part of the mainstream and stuff like that you know, yeah. know a little bit kind of like an outsider and like you can't quite communicate with the world in the way that it appears other people can you know? right but just that theme of loneliness, I think, is, is probably 
what makes it. Yeah. It has a really, I like comedy horror movies, but it's a, it's a thin line. And this isn't so much comedy horror, but it does mix in comedy very well. I realized it took me about 10 years of making movies to realize that, that, that no matter how serious or dark the subject matter, that some sort of sense of humor would bubble up out of, out of it just by working with actors and just, right. I don't know, just my general, like, kind of absurdist view of the world, you know? Yeah. Uh, like, even even a movie I made called The Woman, which is, like, the darkest thing I'll probably ever make, you know, going into that movie, I thought, like, wow, I'm going to make something, like, really serious and dark and, like, hard-hitting and stuff. And then as we were shooting it, this weird sense of humor. Just organically. Know, yeah, yeah. Very, very dark sense of, you know, very, right. very dark humor. But that humor that comes from discomfort and from, like, outlandish things that you're seeing and, you know, all that kind of stuff, so. Speaking to dark uh, subject matter, uh, horror, just by definition, it's supposed to make us feel uncomfortable, makes us feel a little uneasy. Are there, is there anything you would never touch that you would prefer not to deal with in your movies? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's my answer. Yeah. I, th- I mean, I think, I think everybody has their, has their line right. know, that they won't cross. We were talking about The Girl Next Door the other day. You know, there, was, yes. there was a brief period of time where the guy that wrote the screenplay was really trying to get me to direct that film. You know, um, and I entertained the notion for a while and kind of thought around it from all sides. And it's like, I don't want to shoot a movie about child abuse. I don't want to film children getting abused. I don't want, I just, it's not something, you know, I want to be able to look myself in the mirror at the end of every night. And I don't, right. you know, even though it's pretend and, and it's an important issue and everything, it just wasn't, it's just not a headspace I'm going to step into. Yeah, it's a, it's a touchy subject and that movie deals with it in extremes. Yeah. So. yeah. But yeah, I mean, I think that's just a case-by-case basis, and it's just listening to your gut, thinking about... When I was younger, I didn't really even take the time to think about what I was kind of putting out there. Right. Like, idea-wise, or, or, or content-wise, or, or anything. I think the older you get, you start to think about that stuff more. And it actually can kind of fuck you up. It can actually kind of limit you creatively, you know? So it's like a balance of, like, you know... Yeah. Well, that makes sense, though. Those two things. One of the things I wanted to touch on, and we kind of touched on this, was uh, the state of horror... Uh, recently, there's been movies like Hereditary, and people are saying there's this renaissance going on. Other people say that, no, there's no renaissance, it's just change. Yeah, horror fans are saying, like, no, it's been, <laughs> there's, there's, there's great horror movies every year. I mean, I, 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 literally, I can sit with you and go through the lists of horror movies released every year and find at least a half a dozen just classics, you know? It's like, right. There's always great horror movies. It's just, yeah, I don't, I don't know, I don't know why that that's come up like 10 times in the, over the course of, you know, the 15, 20 years I've been making movies. It's like everybody's always talking about horror having a resurgence. This uh-huh. time, but it's like, if you look at the box office, the movies that are made for a small amount of money and have huge returns are the horror movies. You know? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, because it's a genre that is not star-based, it's concept-based, and it's, 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 the genre itself is the selling point. You know right. what I mean? When kids show up to the movie theater and they see, 101 Dalmatians remake or the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, teenagers are going to want to go see that because they, you know, the guys know the girls going to, you know, want to sit closer to them. And, yeah, you know what I mean? Sure. Like, it leads to physical contact and all, you know? Yeah, like, yeah. That's what kids are going to chase, you know? It's like, it's all, it's a staple, you know? It goes all the way back to body snatchers and all that stuff, you know? It's like, for the blob, you know? Yeah. <laughs> you have to go to drive-ins and, you know, get comfy with each other. <laughs> Speaking of drive-ins, this is a little bit off track, but uh, are you a fan of uh, Joe Bob Briggs? Joe Bob, what is I it? like Joe Bob Briggs. I'm, I'm I'm not as well versed in his history, and, and, and I haven't watched a lot of those. I haven't watched a lot of the Elvira, Joe Bob, Mystery Science Theater. That stuff where it's like a lot of like kind of 
commenting about movies. Right, you know, right. Joe Bob doesn't talk over the movies while they're happening, right? No, he has, he has like, like a host. Right? Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. exactly what he that's is. That's cool. That's cool. I, it's just never, never been a thing that I've really, right, really right. followed. I love him. I mean, I, my favorite thing Joe Bob's ever done is the character he plays in Casino. <laughs> right, he's like, casino. That, dang, Mr. Rostin. Yeah, I, I love that character. And the guy, he just seems like a super cool guy. Yeah, well, yeah. Obviously, he's like me and Shutter Sight crash the first time. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, he started doing stuff on there, so. Um, and speaking of Shutter, sorta. Um, you haven't just done movies; you've done some tele. You've done television, also Master of the Court. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What would be the biggest difference between TV and movies? It's more of a of a factory feeling system because the the crew. You know, you know. Typically, when I make a feature film, I select all of my creative people and crew members and all that kind of stuff. But it's like you know, if you're coming in to direct an episode of a television show, this thing is up and running. You know what I mean? Like right. They have their crew and they have their DPs that they rotate through and their first ads. Usually we'll do one first AD and DP will do this week's work or this couple weeks' work while the other one is prepping and then they'll switch off and you know they leapfrog it that way. So you're a component that is that is being placed into somebody else's machine as opposed to like building that machine from scratch yourself. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, like plug and play type. Yeah, of thing. yeah, yeah. It's really it's, it's fun though. Are there any directors out there today? Any horror directors specifically that? That really impressed you that you want to keep an eye out for? I'm watching a lot of the new. I haven't been watching a lot of the new horror stuff. Like Suspiria is probably the first horror movie. And I saw Hereditary, which, which I enjoyed. It wasn't like didn't blow my mind, but I thought it was really. I, I really don't know who the new hot <laughs> guys are. I, I really, really don't. I no, watch I watch a lot of old stuff. I kind of watch. I watch movies from like the last like hundred thirty years, so I'm kind of <laughs> jumping around in time a lot. So right, it takes right. me a while to catch up on new stuff. So well, there's so much to see too. Yeah. And, and by the time I, I get to get to whoever the, the new guys are at this moment, they'll probably be <laughs> been surpassed passed by over by yeah some like twelve year old that iPhone. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah. Um, so your wife Vanessa does prints. Where can people view those prints and order them? You can find Vanessa on Twitter. That's a good place to start. She has all the links on her on her Twitter page, which is at v Menendez B, or just or just type in Vanessa McKee. That's her name. You can just find her on social media. It's easy. Um, she has all the links to all of her you know, sites that show her. You know. Vanessa's been you know before we got married like four years ago, but like right. we were we were just. We just worked together for like nine years before that. She's doing oh, cool. illustrations and storyboards and conceptual stuff for me since since the early 2000s, since around 2003. Right. And she's incredible. She paints in oil. She paints, she paints anything, anything that, that makes a mark on a piece of paper <laughs> or a canvas or anything. You put it in her hands and she'll make something. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Is there anything you're working on right now? Any future? Yeah, I'm finishing, I'm finishing a film, a film called Kindred Spirits starring an actress named Caitlin Stacy, a, a younger up and coming actress named Sasha Frolova, who's is incredible, and and also Thora Birch yeah. from Ghost World and American Beauty and Focus Focus and all kinds yeah. of movies for for the last few years. Uh and Macon Blair is is one of the actors in it. Macon Macon starred in Blue Ruin and helped write Green Room and Hold the Dark and was a okay. filmmaker in his own. He made a great film that's on Netflix called They Don't um, they don't feel at home in this world anymore. Which one Sundance a couple of years ago, right? And he's he just got hired to do like the Toxic Avenger. Oh, which is kind of crazy. Yeah, um, and he's incredible. Yeah, and it's 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 written by one of my oldest friends. The, this movie, Kindred Spirits, 
It's written by Chris Sievertson, who I, who I made some of my early stuff with, and who I made, like, co-wrote and co-directed a movie called All Cheerleaders Die with Chris. We're just old, old friends. We have been working on each other's stuff for years. But right. It just kind of worked out that he, there was a script at this company that they thought I was right for it as a director, and it was cool. And to, it was the first time I've directed anything where I didn't have to put my hands on the script because I trusted his writing. Right. So we're finishing post on that right now, and then just earlier this week I shot a short film segment for an anthology film called Death December. Oh, cool. Um, it's like a, like a Christmas-themed horror anthology. It's right, coming right. out later this year. I just shot that segment earlier this week, actually, in the desert in New Mexico. Oh, cool. It's pretty cool. So it's the only other thing I've shot, I've shot that I uh, directed in El Paso was uh, was music video, like an experimental music video I made last year. Right. That I still haven't released since it didn't work out with the band I started with, so I oh. reconfigure it into something else. Right. But, uh, but yeah, it was my first time kind of shooting in the landscape of El Paso. It was That's just, cool. It was glorious. Like, you're shooting in this like, amazing like, desert canyon. Yeah, it's it was, beautiful out here. It was epic. It was tough. It was tough. We were work. We worked our butts off all night, but so I've got those, and then you know, and then beyond that, just getting my hands in some some other things. A movie I produced called "The Man Who Killed Hitler" and then "The Bigfoot." Oh yes, with um, Sam Elliott. A little while ago, the Blu-ray just came out a couple weeks ago. Right. Go to Walmart or iTunes or wherever you like to buy your movies and get those. But yeah, it's it's like one of the one of the classic Sam Elliott performances. I think. (laughs) It'll go down. It's like kind of like one of the great performances of, his, of, of the latter part of his career. So. And it's an awesome title. Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah, yeah. It's a cool movie. It, the, the the title's kind of deceptive because it's a very very sweet sweet movie. Oh, cool. Uh, very sweet movie about aging and loss, and, but it also delivers on the title too. <laughs> <That's cool. laughs> Spoiler alert: He does kill Hitler and he does kill the Bigfoot in the movie. Well, if he did, spectacular. I'd be disappointed. If yeah, yeah, it delivers on the title, but it it, it, it it delivers a lot more. It's a very, very heartfelt movie. A very sweet movie. Cool. I haven't forgotten. You can't say all cheerleaders must die because I know that was where you made. <laughs> it's so, all cheerleaders die. Everybody always die. adds the must to it. I don't know why that is. I was like this since the beginning. Everybody, <laughs> people just automatically say it. We, because we should I, just change the title. It's a Freudian slip. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know. So, if you could, or if you had the choice to remake a movie aside from that one, <laughs> gosh, back to that—that's so hard. I'm trying to think of something that like aligns with Nightmare on Elm Street. Oh, really? Yeah. And it, I would. Then there's no way I would ever be able to get near it, you know, with the weird ass movies I've made over the years. <laughs> but yeah, Nightmare on Elm Street absolutely 100 percent be the horror, the, the, the famous horror movie that I would love to get my hands on. So I think I could do something really, really strange with it. That's cool because they yeah. did that new nightmare, which uh, I, I'm a nightmare fan. Also, I wasn't a big fan of the last remake. Yeah, pretty rough. yeah, yeah I wasn't rough. a big fan of it. Yeah. All right, and we're back. Uh, Lucky McKee was had a lot of interesting things to say. Uh, I've seen a few of his movies, but Blake here is a huge fan of the director. I am. I am a pretty big fan of his, and I will say, a uh, great interview, by the way. Uh, I thought you, oh, you, you. you asked some great questions, and I thought he was a lot of fun. I've actually had the pleasure of meeting the guy myself, and he's just a really, really s- sweet guy. Is the best way I, I can put it. Um, but yeah, let, let's let's start talking about some of his his movies here. Um, the Woman, for sure, uh, stands out to me um, as as being really great. And uh, if I'm not mistaken, and if he listens to this, I hope he doesn't hate me, but uh, that's a Jack Ketchum thing, if if I'm not mistaken. It, um, you're right. It is. He, he um, and then I'll get into another Jack Ketchum thing. But yes, you're right. It is. Okay, cool. Because him and Jack Ketchum have a, had a cool relationship. Um, 
And uh, I think the woman is is probably stands out as as probably my favorite thing that he's done. Um, May I think is most people's favorite thing that he did. That's a weird that's a weird flick, but really great. Um, all cheerleaders die <laughs> is kind of like it's like all his 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 friends, his high school buddies like got back together, college buddies got back together and kind of made a movie together. And it's like this campy uh, vampire flick. Uh, yeah, like a B horror vampire flick. Super yeah. B horror. Um, Something that always stood out about that movie to me is how they suck blood out of you. Like they don't bite you. They kind of just like you kind of they just kind of just comes out of you and, and goes oh, into Oh, no way. Yeah, yeah no it's way. a I different well, it's not a different take but on the vampire genre in general, but that is very different. <laughs> it's really strange. And I even asked him, he had like a Q&A and I asked him. I said, "Hey, like I thought the blood, you know, effect was really interesting." And it was almost I was expecting like kind of like, "Oh, you know what? We we kind of came up with a cool thing." And his reply was kind of like, "Yeah, you know, the the special effects guys did a great job." So, whoever did the F, uh, special effects or whatever, if that was their, you know, idea, what a cool different way to do it. I I, I appreciated that. Um Another thing that he did, uh, Sick Girl, obviously, Masters of Horror. I think that's a standout episode. Um, definitely. Uh, Pat, do you remember Mas- Masters of Horror? How long ago was that? Over 10 years ago. 10 easily. years ago, at least. At yeah. least. At least. Um, but that was really good. Um, what else has he done? Tales of Halloween. Um, he does yeah, he a really did. short segment in that, but that's a good one. He um and actually he he mentioned that he has an anthology he has a part in an anthology coming up he wrote something called Death December, which oh, is great. awesome. Oh yeah, it's like a Christmas themed like horror. A, anthology. Yeah, Christmas themed. Yeah. Um, you mentioned Jack Ketchum and uh, I had asked him about things he wouldn't touch on and uh, he just kind of laughed it off a little bit and yeah. really briefly. Well, then he mentioned Girl Next Door. Uh, the Girl Next Door is a is a Jack Ketchum book and. Mm-hmm. Really briefly, it's one of those typical, you know, um, little boy meets a girl over summer, they fall in love, and then shenanigans, and then the summer's over, and they never see each other again. In this movie, it's uh, very, very dark and ugly. Um, the girl, the the love interest, she's staying at, I want to say, like an aunt's house for the summer because her mom has passed away, and the aunt is very abusive of her. Um she lets the kid, her sons, her son and her friends, she lets them drink beer and smoke cigarettes. They burn her with a cigarette. Wow, she's the worst. Jeez. Yeah. Well, there's actually a, and this girl's like 13 or something. Oh, okay. There's a um, female uh, castration scene with this little That's... girl. And it's very, it's a very disgusting, it's, I've, I'm not bragging. I'm just saying, I've, I've seen a lot of horror movies and you see a lot of crazy shit. Um, it's not often that, my stomach turns and I'm just like, okay, this is too much. That movie was just, it was too much for me. It was, it it was pointless. It was just kind of shock value just for the point of it or for the sake of it. Um, I didn't get it. I don't like that stuff, man. I really don't. I don't like that shock because it's just because it's uncomfortable to watch. I hate that stuff. I hate it. Yeah. It's pointless. Like, I mean, I like my cheesy horror movies. I don't need them to have (laughs) a deep meaning to them or anything. (laughs) No, but I also don't want to see a 13-year-old girl get gang-raped by a bunch of... Right. Not that there's anything wrong with having team meeting in your horror movies, obviously, but, like, you know, sometimes you want to sit down and just watch a Splatterfest and it doesn't need to be, like... Anything. ...telling me a message about stuff. Yeah, exactly. That one's... And May, um, I actually... I I just saw that last year. I just remembered the Alamo. Um, I had actually never heard of it. And then when I would tell people, oh, yeah, I saw this movie called May. It was the, uh, the feature presentation... Every single person told me how much they love that movie. Yeah. Uh, 
And then uh, I real, and then I started. Uh, I read online about it, and it's an incredibly popular movie. Apparently, it is, man. And like, it's funny. Like, I feel kind of like 2006 was kind of like the birth. You know, there a lot of good horror podcasts kind of started back then. Um, some still, some are still around. Um, but uh, Sick Girl or Sick Girl, excuse me. Uh, sorry, what were we talking about? Sorry, <laughs> I lost my May. May. God damn it! Sorry about that, Pat. Uh, May, like, it always stood out in all those podcasts. Like, if you go back 10, 15 years to, or 10, 12 years to those podcasts when they first got started, every, every one of them talked about May. Every one of them. It was crazy. It's cool because it, May's unique in that, yeah, it's a horror movie. Uh, it's almost a romantic comedy. But <laughs> yeah. It, it, yeah. But, it, but it doesn't <laughs> follow all those tropes. And it very much deals with loneliness, but it's not the whole, like, edgelord loneliness type of thing <laughs> even though there's self-harm involved and stuff it's it's yeah. a very it's a very layered movie actually it's a very complex movie yeah it is it is and you know there, there's kind of a thematic thing with with lucky i feel like there, there's kind of a lot of that uh going on through his movies like the woods i think i, I told you before we started uh, i watched uh, he did a movie called the woods i think it, it came out in 2006 or whenever that came out and um it's like you know it's like a it's like a it's about girls young girls and they're in this um like almost like a convent out in the woods but it's like a, a school for girls um but it's being run by these like a coven of witches and um there's like lots of like sexual weird you know themes going on there with with uh uncomfortable stuff at times you know i I think he likes that i think he likes to make you feel uncomfortable in his movies well that is the point of horror it's to make you feel a little uncomfortable obviously to scare you but yeah it is supposed to make you uncomfortable and but it's not supposed to it's supposed to engross you also and he does a really good job of that he does he's and he's like his i i guess he does all the cin- cinematography and stuff usually, usually his movies are really pretty um you know they're well yes. done they're not not you don't ever feel like even though you can tell some of them are have you know not as quite a high a budget as as other horror movies they don't feel necessarily low budget because they're they're well done um uh, again I, i'm a pretty big fan and and Something I'll say that I've always, and I, I wanted to make a point to say it uh, on the podcast, is I like his por- his character portrayals. I feel like he brings out character portrayals and actors that are like, and the best way I can describe it are like, it's like you're reading the character. It's like a character from a story. You know, it's like a lot of times when you read a short story or, you know, you read a novel, characters are kind of like overblown. They're almost caricatures of themselves, of what they should be or what normal people are. And... Whenever you watch his movies, the characters are just a tad bit, you know, overblown. Uh, they're a little bit bigger than they should be, or they act in a way that isn't natural necessarily, but they feel like characters. They feel like individual characters. And uh, it always stood out to me uh, in, in his flicks, and it's always, I've always enjoyed it. Um, I, I feel like he's a, you know, I feel like he's kind of an underrated talent, you know, needs to do a whole lot more. Uh, yeah, I absolutely agree with you. Um, he mentioned, and um, we all saw it together. We and I, we were talking about um, best horror movies of the decade. Um, how surprised were the two of you that he thought that it was one of the better horror movies of the decade? Uh, that is weird. Um, about it, like he think it was one of the better films of the last you know ten years. I I don't know how I feel about that because I think it is just subjective in how you see your horror films because 
There is a hereditary as well that we thought we fucking loved, you know. And he yeah, kind of like different this. movies. They're like they're almost like apples and oranges to me. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, like that's why it's like it's a hard thing to think about. Like what's what's so what's the best? Well, you know, kind of it's whatever itch you want to scratch. You know, at the time. Yeah, that's true. Because um, it when we saw it, when we saw it. Um, <laughs> We had just come off the book club. We yep. had, we had been talking about it for months. Yeah, literally for months. We had oh no, we were we were the prime audience for that. We yeah, were... we, we absolutely. We, but we were also primed to be set up for failure because, I mean, and one of us was very disappointed because, well, she expected it to be like the book and like what we had done with the book club and everything. Um, I thought it was, I thought it was fine. Uh, I would say it was even good, but. Uh, not memorable. Like even now, I'm thinking about it. All I remember is the projector scene. You know, yeah. That the one thing I'll say about it. I, you know, again, we we loved it when it first came out, but um, I watched it a couple times since then, and it gets worse. <laughs> in Does my it opinion. really? Yeah, I it believe doesn't, that it doesn't really hold up. Um, a couple of things that stood out to me were the, um, you know, well, it, it, it's it's a well done flick. Don't get me wrong. It, it's I still like it. It's still a movie I would watch again. But um, a couple of the acting performances really stand out as bad. Um, Stanley and the the kid who plays um, uh, the main character. Uh, what's his? I uh, can't remember his name now. Um, uh, the st- stuttering kid. Yeah, I was gonna say. <laughs> I was gonna say. Bill. I was gonna say stammering Jim. <laughs> that was so long. Bill. Bill. Uh, right, and this is Bill. Uh, he, uh, yes. <laughs> those two characters, like, you know, and that's an important role, you know, that's a, that's a pretty important roles and they don't, they don't really do it. They don't really do it for me. Uh, the, the, the young girl does a great job. Um, um, uh, the kid from stranger things does a great job. Ed, Ed is probably the, my favorite character in the whole thing. He does a really great job. Um, some cool imagery. Um, but yeah, I was actually a little surprised uh, to answer your question. I was a pre- I was a little surprised that he said that. But yeah. it's also I think it scratches again. I think it scratches a lot of itches. And it's funny because uh, it he and he and he actually said the first time he wasn't that impressed by it. But over time he's come to he's seen it a few more times. Uh, Hereditary he said was fun, but you know nothing mind blowing. Yeah, but uh, confused, but like I'm glad he enjoyed it. Yeah, he was like, yeah, it was cool. And then uh, his other pick, the, the one he seemed to really love was, was uh, the Suspiria remake. Um, yeah. Danny, I know you've seen it. Uh, Blake, have you seen it? I haven't, man. I, I've been wanting to. I've been wanting to. I think that might be on Amazon right now. It's it's coming out this month. It it's is coming, coming out. out yeah. Yeah, I, I saw a thing. I saw, so a thing. <laughs> I saw a thing. I saw a thing. Well, I did like the original. I, I know that's kind of a divisive movie. Uh, but uh, actually, I did like the original. I, I definitely did. Yeah, that, I'm a fan of the original also. Um, and I Danny, am not. Yeah, <laughs> I am not. Yeah, no, uh, I, I can see why though. You know what I mean? Like, I can see why. Yeah, it's definitely uh, the original. I won't right. go into the the new one, but the original is uh, more of a fairy tale than a horror movie. I would say it's uh, it's different. It's very original, and it's going. We're talking about slow moving. It's it can be pretty <laughs> slow at times. That uh, it's it's the score is amazing. I, I think it really stands out. I've actually heard that too. Uh, yeah, I really need to see it. I actually saw a really neat thing. Uh, I guess it was on Reddit. Sad how much I've talked about Reddit on this podcast. Uh, TBS uh, Reddit. <laughs> right. <laughs> Today I learned that Blake's on Reddit a lot. Uh, <laughs> Explain this to me like I'm five, please. 
Sharpie but, butts. Uh, it was a it was a mashup of every scene, like every shot in the movie, all on one page. So you could see all the color in it. I mean, it, really cool. And so you could see the uh, you could kind of see the uh, it's like a wave of of how they use the the color spectrum throughout the film the the film. So I, I I'm really looking forward to it. I, uh, are you you guys recommended? I, I'm presuming, right? It, it's, yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh yeah, it's it's oh, an yeah. amazing movie. It's really really. And then Lucky good. Lucky seemed to really enjoy that too, didn't he? Yeah, he uh, interesting analogy about uh, comparing it to um, a piece of art in a museum. <laughs> I can see that. A... Well, yeah, there you go. I mean, it's like very. I mean, yeah, colorful. It's like it's very. It's like painted. Yeah, it it is. It's it's an excellent excellent movie. Um. So on Twitter, I asked same question: uh, What has been the best horror movie of the decade? And I use those three movies since those are the three he brought up: It, Suspiria, and Hereditary. Uh, I think you guys can probably guess which one got the most votes. Uh, Other uh, Hereditary. <laughs> actually, uh, Hereditary and Other were they got they essentially they got the the same amount of votes but they were tied for second uh hereditary got 24 percent other was at 23 percent the two suggested were uh unsane and oh, really the 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 i don't know how to pronounce it. the i'm sorry if i pronounce this wrong it's fasd the faz fasd advocate 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 queen <laughs> I, I, I need that one. Hey, <laughs> new Danny, new Danny. <laughs> all, all, all they put was Chucky. Uh, Chuck, yeah, Chuck. I, I, yeah, I see that. <laughs> uh, oh, actually got the I do love the movie Charles play. Charles. <laughs> <laughs> Most people voted it as the best uh, horror movie of uh, this past decade. So, uh, and man, I mean, that's no, I disagree. <laughs> I disagree. No, because you have Get Out. I mean, Us is turning out to be pretty divisive, but I mean, it's definitely. Oh, look, can we talk about it. that for a second? Can we talk about Us? Yeah, let's talk about I mean, Us. You, Patrick, that's, just <laughs> that's uh, what I was hoping. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I would. I put that movie in the Hall of Good. It's a good movie. It's not great, even. <laughs> you know, like <laughs> I thought it was perfectly good. The the Us movie. That's and I. That's kind of how I think. I are a lot of people feeling that way. That's interesting to hear. I thought everyone loved it. I heard uh, when the first day I saw it, I, like it seemed like everyone loved it, and I think it was one of those hundred percent on Rotten Tomato marketing things. But really, shortly afterwards, I started hearing that. It was boring. People didn't understand it. I heard about people walking out during it. Oh, um, wow! That's, I, that's a bit yeah, yeah. I saw. Yeah, it, it's. I mean, well, it Tim depends, Heidecker but, can do that. <laughs> <laughs> it goes back to what you were saying about scratching an itch, but in this case, expectations. Because Get Out was a really good movie. Maybe because it's not a traditional horror. Well, it is a traditional horror movie, actually. It is. Well, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's. I my expectations were what definitely sky high, and. Um, that's probably my fault. You know, I, I, I shouldn't do that, <laughs> you know, in any movie, no matter what the pedigree is. Uh, Get Out was to me like kind of like unbelievably good, you know, like re- great, uh, like really great. Like, I love that movie. I'll watch that movie indefinitely. Um, right. Us, I don't ever want to see that movie again. There's nothing I, I called it. <laughs> I called the twist like, you know, immediately. Like there was nothing, nothing about it. People were t- describing, oh, it's Hitchcock, Hitch- like Hitchcock movie, Hitchcockian. No. No, absolutely. no, it's not. More like cockyian. <laughs> I don't, I don't know what More that like means. More like right? schlockian. Am I right? 
but, you know, uh, being so far removed from uh, from us now, it's been what two, three months now. Yeah. Uh, it's uh, it's definitely one of those movies that uh, yeah, I saw this year. I kind of like forgot about it already. Right. Get out! Get out is one of those films that I'm like, yeah, that was really good. It had it had a lot of different commentary and I, commentary, and I feel like that's what people expectations were. Where these people were, people were trying to find the the meaning into all this. But you know, what Blake said earlier, there, there's sometimes you just want to make a fucking horror film and fucking kill people. You don't have to have a fucking like meaning about this whole thing. Um, and I think yeah, people were decisive with this. But I think on the more on the spectrum that I've heard it, people enjoyed it more than they hated it. Uh, yeah, I, not, I've heard more good than bad. It, it's not like it's mother or you know like where everybody and their quote unquote mother hated it. Uh, Blake, you said something earlier. In, uh, earlier, you said something interesting about how your taste in horror seems to have changed recently. Oh yeah, so <clears throat> yeah. Um, I don't know. It, again, I, I think it goes just goes back to like you, you change with time, you know, your, your tastes change and stuff. But, um, you know, if you'd have asked me 10 years ago um, what my favorite horror movie was, like, because uh, I was kind of like on the show rundown, let's talk about the best horror movies of the decade, your favorite horror movie type stuff. And, um, you know, uh, 10 years ago, I, I might have told you. I don't know what I would have told you, to be honest with you. I might have told you like tremors or, you know, <laughs> something that something that I just find joy in, you know, something that just I can put on all the time. I don't you know, it's just always fun to me. Um, but, you know, as you, you know, you get older, you, you, you your palate you go, gets a little bit more refined and, you know, you start to appreciate stuff that maybe you didn't appreciate, you know, when you were younger. And, you know, you, you might like something that you didn't like then as, as you do now. And um, a couple movies that in thinking about it has really it just really stand out to me that I just have never devi- deviated from my just passion for them um are the thing uh John Carpenter's the thing um is to me like just awesome just practical effects cool outlandish story great acting good actors you know just the whole the whole bit um another Texas Chainsaw Massacre which I I even think uh Lucky McKee brings up um yeah. But then again, like I, I getting back to like ten year ten years ago, Blake wouldn't have liked uh, the witch uh, uh, that came out, you know, a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, that was too slow, you know. That would have been too slow for me um, back then. Right. Um, uh, lots of stuff like, uh, oh, like Hereditary. Even Hereditary is like a pretty brutal movie. Um, and you know, I was much more of like a heavy metal head, <laughs> you know, like yeah. give me give me gore. I don't need your thought provoking, you know, anything uh, back then. And um, now it's like Hereditary, The Witch. These are movies that really stand out to me. A movie that's, I, I wouldn't even call it a horror movie, um, but it's another A24 movie, I, I believe. Is uh, is it Ghost Story? Uh, it, it's with uh, Casey Affleck, and um, where he's like a sheet ghost, right? Yeah, yeah. He's, he's a literal ghost. Well, he's a literally literal, ghost in a sheet. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and I, again, I don't, I guess it's a horror movie. Uh, it's got, horror themes for sure um but that movie i i watched it and i thought about it for like two weeks like you know what i mean like it it got in my brain and it it made me think the witch did the same thing i I really thought about that movie hereditary uh in a in a number of ways did the same thing and so i guess just my taste you know i i've become (laughs) i would like to think i've become a a more refined individual over the course of the the past (laughs) few years but um i definitely and not to say i don't love a good splatter flick 
Um, right. Or like, uh, what was that movie that they did on Last Drive-In the other day? Uh, Deathgasm. Like, oh, oh, come that on, was man. So, so good. That was right? awesome. Like, awesome. <laughs> perfect. That's like so a perfect good. horror movie. Like, it really is yeah. to me. Like, that's a great example of uh, Cabin in the Woods is another one that's like, come mm -hmm. on. It's just off the wall. Perfect. Perfect. But um, I guess what I what I appreciate now, and I, it just gets back to what we were talking about earlier, is like I, I just I can I can I appreciate when something's well done, you know. Um, right. And I and I know that there's like a huge, uh, and I told myself I wouldn't do this, <laughs> but <laughs> there's cry. a huge huge contingency of people that love the movie. Uh, what's the? Oh, I hate it so much that I can't even remember the name of it. Uh, it's uh, baby. Uh, no, no, I don't like that movie either. But I, that pales in oh, an annihilation. <laughs> annihilation. Oh, that movie sucks so much, though. Oh, thank you. That's like music to my ears, Danny. Um, <laughs> and I know it's people love that flick, right? People love it. Yeah, people are calling love it, like, it. best like, movie of last year. People I respect love yeah. it, and it bothers me that they love it so much because it just felt so bad. You know, it just it never right. felt good to me, and um, I didn't. It didn't feel well done. You know, that's the best way I can put it. It did not feel in any. I felt the acting was stilted. I, I just felt it wasn't good, and um, I guess I'm just pickier now. Um, but uh, you know, it's just funny. You know, I, I'm. I love that there's like what we do in the shadows and um, the TV series, <laughs> which I, I'm really enjoying. I, I know it's getting mixed reviews. I love it. I think it's really funny. Um, the energy vampire, the guy, that character is just, th just great. Like, what a perfect character portrayal that is. And uh, I don't know. Yeah, it's just like I, I guess as I've gotten older, I just I want I'm yearning for those like really great horror movies. Um, not to say that I don't love a good schlocky, campy, campy flick, but um, I, I'm I really am. That's why I want to see Susp uh, the new Suspiria. Um, it seems like it falls right in line with something that I'm I'm really kind of into these days. So I think you'll enjoy it. And I agree with you. I feel like. Before it was very much like, oh, video nasty, sign me up. You yeah, know? Right, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Now it's like, yeah, I think the best movie, horror movie of the past decade is probably uh, The Witch, but uh, I, I can't get away from Sleepaway Camp. I just watched it like a month or <laughs> I always watch that. <laughs> you no, know me too. I just watched it probably like two, two, three months ago. I mean, it's so good, right? It's just, well, it's like society, bro. Like we were talking about that. Oh, movie. and that was one yeah. of the driving movies. It was, it was. I was so happy to see that on there. Like, that movie's just—it's insane. It's—it's it's truly insane, and I love it. And I—I I still love it. I still love bad movies. I still love them. like Starship Troopers, and there's some shit out there that I love, you know. But uh, yeah, I mean, I—I—I I, I, what I'm really yearning for these days—the good stuff, that good good. Uh, Midsummer <laughs> next month, or yeah, Midsummer cannot will come wait, out. Cannot wait for that. Cannot uh, wait. I really can't wait for Blackburn. Um, I oh, think, Brightburn. Brightburn. Excuse me, Brightburn. Yeah, yeah, that looks I, awesome. Uh, like. Super excited for that. I just can't can't tell you. Superhero uh, superhero horror that sounds great. And Midsummer, oh. the director describes as a Wizard of Oz for for perverts. So right up your alley. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, every let me, Saturday, let me get a beer, boys. <laughs> every Saturday, you can find us here. Um, the rest of the week, you can go to adventuresinportaste.com where you can find all of our podcasts. You won't find perverts, but uh, you got Star Wars in Poor Taste, got a wrestling podcast, you got our comics podcast, and you got the general podcast, a whole lot of podcasts. Um, if you want to catch up on your reviews, uh, on our, the reviews that we have, you definitely can do so. You can leave your thoughts. There's articles on Game of Thrones, believe it or not, on Avengers. <laughs> no way. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's a big surprise, and also lots of uh, lots of articles on what not to say to ruin stuff for people, which I haven't been able to do so well this week. <laughs> Next well, time, bro. 
Yes, there's always next time. What you can do, you can also follow us at Adventure in Movies at over at AIPT Movies, or you could follow us individually. You could find Nathaniel on Instagram at Nathan Portaste. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram over at Default Player. And where can we find you, Mr. Blake? Oh, boy. I'm on Twitter at uh, BMH underscore brewing. Uh, if you want to follow me for uh, beer related stuff and uh, bad one liners and bad jokes. Uh, <laughs> and then I'm on Instagram at Four Ride Horror. That's kind of our old podcast uh, handle. There's not much on there, but you can follow me there. Um, I would like to plug my brewery um, that's coming up soon. If you are in the West Texas or Southeastern New Mexico or any part of New Mexico or any part of Texas or any part of the country, um, we have a brewery opening up out here called Public House 28. I am the head brewer. I'm in charge of the beer. I promise you'll enjoy it. Um, it's a dog park. It's seven acres of coming and hanging out and having a good time and uh, keep you guys posted on when that is open, hopefully at the end of the year. Oh, fuck yeah. That's awesome. I'm sorry. I, I got really excited because you said it's also a dog park. Uh, also, <laughs> uh, this month, uh, we'll have our John Wick 3 special edition. Keep uh, keep an eye on, on that on your feeds as well for my appearances. Um, I don't run a you know, a brewery, but I am, uh, you know, not uh, yet, not yet. Not yet. yet. <laughs> yeah. Uh, this Saturday, when this comes out, it's May 4th. It's, uh, you know, a star Wars day, whatever. It's also free comic book day and I'm going to be selling my stuff, drawing stuff for you guys. Uh, so I'm, I'll be at lost dog comics. Uh, that's Sims. I, t- I'm terrible at addresses. I'm sorry. That starts at 10. Uh, if you're following me on Twitter, just uh, send uh, slide into my DMs. You'll it'll be fine. Uh, warm. And then, it's nice and warm in there. It's super warm. <laughs> <laughs> and then next week on Friday, May 10th, I'll be part of Kaleidoscope's A Marvel Madness. That is going to be on Viscount. I should really find these addresses because I sound really <laughs> unprofessional. And but that starts at seven and it runs till ten. Uh, come find me. You know, come at me. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> come at me Does that, that's usually how you challenge someone to a fight but uh oh, okay <laughs> catch, catch danny outside <laughs> um, you can find us on apple podcasts on spotify supposedly on St- stitcher you can listen to us any of those places um make sure to give us a rating or uh, just tell a, a friend to listen Blake, thank you for being on the show this week thank you so much for having me guys it's been a blast uh, anytime you want me i'd be happy to join you Awesome. And also thank you to everyone who listened to the Avengers special edition. Uh, that's our most listened to podcast and to the 33% of you that listened to the Avengers pre special or pre episode. <laughs> we appreciate that. Too. <laughs> and uh, that's our cue. We'll talk to you next week. Bye.